0: Hello, everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet, about to be joined by Ken Weeb from the Winnipeg Free Press. Together, we are Kenny and Rennie, and this is the Kenny and Rennie show after a game in which it looks like, ladies and gentlemen, your Winnipeg Jets, because that's what you're here for, right? You're not here for Kenny. You're not here for Rennie. You're here to talk about the Winnipeg Jets, and it looks like your Winnipeg Jets are going to be heading into 2024, the number one points percentage team. In the NHL, I think I haven't taken a look at the games later on today. So sorry, I'm in New Year's Eve mode uh, and just focusing on the Jets and not anything else. But regardless of what happens later on tonight or what the possible outcomes are, the Winnipeg Jets have showed that they are not a team to be trifled with down the stretch here. Uh, another game in which they just absolutely do what they do every single game. Uh, there's a great line in Legends of the Fall. I always used to use this line. When it comes to really, really tough structured teams, but the, the, the movie, the legends of the fall for all you, nineties uh, kids out there and peak Brad Pitt, I, I think probably, you know, with the long hair going interview with the vampire era, peak Brad Pitt, uh, in the legends of the fall, they referred to his character at one, one point as the rock that people broke themselves against. I love that line. I love it in the context of sports because the rock is steady. It is, you know, it's hard. It is everything that you just want to be like consistent. It never changes. Right. And that is the Winnipeg jets game consistent, never really changes. We see the same thing from them time and time and time again. And what ends up happening is other teams break themselves against the Winnipeg Jets. And I I know uh, Pat Rathwell, uh, whose uh, opinions I respect like crazy, to the point that I'll always call him out when I think he's being a little bit biased. Uh, and, And sometimes it'll drive him nuts to the point that we'll get into, you know large caps arguments behind the scenes uh you know yelling arguments online is what's happening there but uh, he had said in this game he thought that that was a gutsy win for the winnipeg jets i'm gonna say i didn't think that was a gutsy win for the winnipeg jets at all and the reason i'm saying that is a gutsy win to me is when a team has to dig deep down inside itself and find something that it didn't know existed and bring it to the surface in order to launch themselves past the challenge that's in front of them in that moment. And because of that, I love the term and I'm not saying that this team doesn't have guts, uh, but I didn't think that there was any digging deep in the situation here. This is just who the Winnipeg Jets are at this stage. And I couldn't think of a greater compliment towards them uh, to suggest, because this is a game. The Jets are the rock that the Minnesota wild broke themselves against. And I can say, break down the three goals that happened in this game. I'm going to say it as simple as this. I know the young kids today love to talk about energy, energy. Oh, that person's got great energy. I think the secret sauce of this Winnipeg Jets team is that they have better, more consistent energy than pretty much every team that they play. And what I mean by that is I think for the first, you know, two periods, maybe even, uh, you know, at the beginning, the very beginning of the third period, I think the Minnesota Wilds are the better team in this game, right? But what happens in this situation is even though the Winnipeg Jets, I think in this game, didn't have their fastball, they still fall within their structure. They still back check. They're still doing the right things at every point. Now, I think that they're probably doing it at like an 85% push rate, whereas the Minnesota Wild, I think, are like operating at 98%, trying to give everything that they have. And because of that, I think there's a little bit of a disparity in play. But the Winnipeg Jets are constantly doing everything right on the three goals that the Jets scored against the Minnesota Wild, there are very clear things that the Minnesota Wild don't do. not do Their details, the fundamentals of the game that they're failing at that the Winnipeg Jets just don't fail at. And they haven't for a long time. It's why they're 25 games or something like that, having allowed three goals or less. So there's a damning camera angle on the first goal that the Winnipeg Jets score uh, where Mason Appleton gets the puck in the slot and he's got all kinds of time. The reason he does, if you see the shot from behind the net, there are two wild players who are behind the play and they decide to change. And they dog it to the bench. They don't bust their butt. And I can tell you right now, I don't need to see video. I don't need to pull it out to know that the Winnipeg Jets in that situation would be getting. Think of Axel Janssen Fialbi or someone like that in that situation. Adam Lowry, Nino Niederreiter, Cole Perfetti. They would be getting to the bench as fast as possible because the seconds... The seconds that you can get your players out further means the pressure comes, the back pressure comes back on that play that much quicker. The Jets had all the time in the world, which meant Mason Appleton was very easily able to get the puck to the net and tried to create create some chaos. Puck ends up in the back of the net, okay? Better energy. The Jets are taking that energy, they're getting to the net as quick as they can. The Minnesota Wild aren't. Better energy. That's why the Jets score in that situation. Fast forward to the third period, and everyone, I've been making a big deal out of this, and I think it's it's right uh, about the Winnipeg Jets, and they handle these situations, but other teams, when they play the Winnipeg Jets, I think decide to kind of sit on their lead. We saw that Dallas doing that weeks ago. And and again, I remember people calling me out in that show and laughing and saying, oh yeah, Sean, Dallas wins this game and Sean's criticizing the way they did this. I don't think Dallas wins that game more than one or two times out of 10. I think the Jets usually win it because Dallas sits back and lets the Jets have the run of the third period. In this game, it's a similar situation. The Minnesota Wild get the lead in this game and then their energy dips. And the Jets doesn't. Right, This is why I'm saying they didn't need to dig deep. They just kept doing what they were doing. And the energy of the Minnesota Wild dips, and it results in two lazy stick penalties. One goes to the power play. That's when Vladimir Mesnikov scores. That is a a, a player getting out-competed in the corner, and it turns into a stick penalty. That's a tie game. And then the next one, another lazy stick penalty. The Jets have better energy than the Minnesota Wild in that moment. They're going harder. The Minnesota Wild are set. Tagging. Next thing you know, it's a six on five goal. You get it from a guy like Dominic Toninato, who's competing like crazy and not giving up on the puck in the front of the net. And now the Jets are up three, two, and now they've won. And now the Jets swept, swept this weekend, the hottest team in the NHL coming into uh, this series after changing their coach. They went to John Hines and they were the hottest team in the NHL. And now they're walking away with back-to-back losses and a Winnipeg Jets team that broke them in two straight games because to me, it's the secret sauce of this Winnipeg Jets team. They never stop competing, even when they don't have their fastball, even when they only have 85 percent capacity left in the in the energy bank or in the batteries. They still do all the right things over and over and over again. And those tiny little things time and time and time again have added up for victories For them, this is just another game where that happens. And boy, oh boy, I don't know if I could give a higher compliment to a team than what I just said. I know a lot of people think that's boring. I take a look at this. The Winnipeg Jets win because tiny little details add up over and over and over again to a more consistent result. Snake Charmer is dead with this team in replaced is now the most consistent, maybe best energy team in the entire NHL, that's what I'm seeing. Time to bring in Kenny and see what he sees in this situation, the man with the best music in the business, here he comes everybody. For the last time you'll hear this song in 2023, here it comes everybody. Yeah, Ken, that music. Sorry, I can't get over how much I love it. Rocks so much. Ken, great game today. Uh, another example added to the blueprint that it seems like the Jets couldn't not replicate the blueprint if they tried at this point. Uh, what an end to the year um, and what a kind of polar opposite end. If you take the last half of last season after the calendar turned and then this season uh boy oh boy the back end of 2003 looks far better for the Winnipeg Jets in the front end of 2023 did
1: yeah no doubt about that uh, I'm just going to start with the month I mean I know you touched on a lot of the a lot of the bigger picture stuff right away but 10-1 and 2 the Jets are in this month and uh I know that last year there was a big debate over the hot start if they were just beating up on teams that weren't that good quite frankly and Uh, It's time to start paying attention to the Winnipeg Jets here. Uh, They're second in the NHL in goals against in the league. Uh, They are third in goal differential behind only the Vancouver Canucks and LA Kings. They're ahead of the Rangers. They're ahead of the Golden Knights. Again, that's not just that's not to say they're better than those teams, but they are in the conversation with those teams. And anytime a team goes 10, one and two in a month, it's exceptional. Uh, it's one of the best months in franchise history, quite frankly. And based on what you were saying, the the biggest thing for them to recognize is that they're playing a, a sustainable brand of hockey, and it's not just a sustainable brand of hockey uh, for October, November, and December. It's the kind of hockey that will be required yep. in March, April, May, and potentially June. If they can continue to play at this level, that's not to say they are a guarantee to go that deep, but they have the elements, uh, to go on a run based on how they're playing. Now, you know, there's some things they need to clean up for sure, but, uh, this is a good hockey team. Uh, when the, when the 15th forward in the organization scores, the game winning goal in game number 1000 against Mark Andre Fleury, uh, and then is on the ice in the last 15 seconds protecting a one goal lead in what is his third NHL game of the season. Mm-hmm. That tells you all you need to know about where the Jets are at personally right now in terms of their team game, uh, you know. Rick Bonus said it flat out at the end of the game to the reporters who were at the game at Excel Energy Center. Dominic Toninato is winning faceoffs, blocking shots and is a point-of-game player and there have not been many instances when Dominic Toninato has been a point per game player at the NHL level. That's for certain. Uh, he, you know, in the American League level, he has been a point a game player at times, but uh, it, it's been impressive to see. And it's not just one player, but that just tells you the contributions throughout. And you know, a stretch where the Jets' top line has been a little bit quiet offensively. Uh, the depth of this team in the fourth line has been exceptional. Adam Lowry, there he is, scoring his 100th goal in the NHL and. He's quick to crank and you know, crack a joke about it. He said, "Hopefully I score another 100 and it doesn't take me a decade to do it." Like, this is funny stuff. Uh, but it's also like Of course he's making fun in light of the situation and it's easy to do that when you've gone 10-1 and 2. Adam Lowry fully expects to score that next 100 and he doesn't expect it to take 10 years and he's very you know he's feeling gratitude for getting to that number but he knows there's a bigger goal in mind and I think that's the biggest thing with this Jets team. You know they're thrilled about the fact that yes, you know they'll end 2023, you know right now they're in first place. Uh they're in a great spot. They had a great month. They swept the I mean the biggest thing for this weekend, Sean, the, the month is great, but we talked about this early on, Sean in this week, you know, leading into this weekend, actually after the Chicago game we talked about this. This is cuz potentially season defining series. If you let the Wild in, you you get swept by the Wild, they're four points behind you and breathing yeah. down your neck. Instead, as great as the Wild had been under John Hines at 11 and 4, and now still solid at 11 and 6. They're 12 points behind the Jets. That's not yeah. in, insurmountable, but that's a hell of a lot different than being 4 back, having swept your nearest rival and saying, "Oh, by the way, we're coming for you." It's the opposite now. If yeah. you're the Minnesota Wild, you know, as great as you've been playing, you look in, you know, you go out of that weekend and say, "Oh, we got some work to do if we want to catch those guys." Yes, those games were both tight, but to me, it's quite clear who the better team at this point is. Now, again, there's lots of lots of hockey left to be played. No one is disputing that. And I, I, I love a lot of the things that the Wild do. Marcus Foligno, uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on the Wild, but uh, we didn't notice a lot of Marcus Foligno yesterday other than his late hit on Nikolai Ehlers. You noticed him today from the first shift on. Yeah. He had a ton of hits. Uh, you know, he had a bit of a dangerous push slash cross-check in the back of josh morrissey into the crossbar late in the game but i love the way that he played he scored a goal he was very physical he did everything that the wild need him to do to be a successful team but the jets didn't didn't shy away from anything you know zach bogosian getting physically involved with nino niederreiter he doesn't go away he doesn't have to fight him but he goes for the reverse hit at the end of it he's not he's not you know making his way back to the you know shuddering as he makes his way back to the bench Nino Niederreiter loves getting involved physically in games like that uh, I love the pushback I mean we you know we'll get into a few other things with Laura in a minute but uh, I love the leadership I love the way that that line is you know that line is back playing the way that they were early in the year where they were one of the best lines in the NHL uh, lots of zone time lots of scoring chances and guess what you get to the blue paint and you get another goal there it is lo and behold it's happened again We've, we talk about this a lot in our conversation, Sean. Dylan Sandberg, just another awesome game for him. Uh, just a guy who goes about his business. He's a quiet guy and just gets the job done. He does the simple thing. You, you talked about details in your opening. This guy's all about the details, and his details are very sound. Uh, love the way that he's playing. You know, there's Nate Schmidt getting an, another assist. You know, we talked a long time that he was stuck on one for a long time. Well, he's got a couple points. He's feeling a little better about his game and doing a nice job. You know, there's Neil Pionk. There's Brendan Dillon. There's Dylan DeMello making a play, um, a really smart play uh, on that goal by Lowry. Finding Mason Appleton in the slot, as you mentioned. Bad change, yes. But if, if that puck movement doesn't happen, bang, bang, that that shot is not available to him. Uh, Really good job all around. Uh, Fourth line, like I said, doing a great job. This is a a perfect example of how you handle a demotion uh, at times. You you go down to the American League, you work your behind off, you play well, and when your opportunity comes, you seize it. And you don't worry about what might happen or when you might leave the lineup. You worry about getting the job done so that you want to make it almost virtually impossible uh, for the coach to take you out of the lineup. I mean, we were talking about this a week ago about Rasmus Kapari. Do you think you think Rick bonus is taking out a guy who he had on the ice in the last 20 seconds of a game for someone who hasn't played since, you know, early November, it could happen eventually, but I don't think it's going to happen in a big game against the Tampa Bay lightning. You might play him, you know, against the San Jose sharks or Anaheim ducks, if you want to get him some work, but you're not taking this guy out of the lineup right now. Uh, Not for me anyway. So, and uh, let's also talk about Lauren Bressois because,
0: you know, his hold, on, seven... hold on, hold all on, hold right. on. We don't need to eat all our food right now. We all can right. move on. There's plenty of show to talk about this. All right, Leave bye. some work, leave some okay. meat on the bone okay. for the host. Okay, Ken? All right, uh, deal. Hey, before we do do that, uh, it's been called for time to do this because we want to do it one last time uh, in 2023. Uh, Leighton Janis says one more Sean's headband in 2023. That would be my lamplighter. Who am I to take a lamplighter away from Leighton Janis? So let's make this a Sean's headband version of the Kenny and Rennie show. Let's do it. We should move on to nice Lorne pristine, Brisoah, then, he says. nice, Jeepers, nice Jeepers. pristine, great roofing hat. Lid, great hat. Way, I've yeah. got one for you, North I've and got there one you for go. you as well. Uh, good. To- hey, you know what? I'm gonna throw out the uh, uh I'm gonna do this quick uh, because you're talking about uh, Dominic Toninato. Um, I'm gonna give him the gotcha covered the Johnston group, the Kenny and Randy OG's gotcha covered oh, award for go. the day for exactly what you're talking about. You touched on it, Ken. There's a point in that game, it doesn't happen often, right near the end of the game. The defenseman has the puck and he throws an ankle breaking move yeah. on Mason Appleton who drops down for the shot slides out of the way. And there is now a, pa- a shooting lane to the net. The Jets have done such a good job shooting, shutting down those shooting lanes. Appleton bites. He's out of the way. And with like, I watched it happen. And again, these are the details that I'm talking about that a guy who gets called up to the Winnipeg Jets is operating at a hundred percent, clicking on these details that the opposition wasn't on this night, and Dominic Toninello stops up, steps up, and blocks that one shot, and then another shot after that. Again, this is what I'm talking about. Lauren Bressois, this team looks the same in net with Lauren Bressois as it does uh, with Connor Hellebuck. I know they were talking about it on Hockey Night in Canada last night, but I contend like there's it. it knock on wood, if, there's, if, if there was an amount of games that didn't need to be played by Connor Hellebuck, just the same as we said about this team and Kyle Connor dropping out of the lineup and we didn't see a drop-off happening after that happened, which talk about receipts, that one's a mile long. Uh, if something happened in a situation where Connor Hellebuck wasn't able to play a stretch of games, the Winnipeg Jets would be fine. They would be entirely fine and it's because of plays like this. When he was needed tonight, Lauren Rousseau, and I'm not going there because I know you wanted to go there, we'll go there later. That's Lauren okay. Rousseau was there when they needed him too, but at the same time. The Winnipeg Jets create a scenario by which they don't need their goalies to be superhuman and it's those little details. What you saw from Dominic Toninato at the end of the game, it is those little details that allow the Winnipeg Jets and their goaltenders to come out of games like they did tonight. Uh, Dominic Toninato with the goal, with that play, he's everywhere on the ice coming in. He's an impact player and he's what, the 15th forward for this team? Unbelievable. Uh, That to me is the Johnston Group got you covered play of the game and hey, do you run a small business in canada look to canada's number one employee benefits plan chambers plan to give you a competitive edge chambers plan is the simple stable smart choice for over thirty thousand businesses countrywide visit chamberplan.ca to learn more and one last time in 2023 want to give a massive shout out to the kenny and rennie uh ogs at the johnson group uh been with us uh since uh the very first the very first and they've stayed strong with us and boy do we appreciate that I want to get into the depth of this team because everyone keeps talking about the depth on this team. And you can't argue that the Jets depth is winning games like it did this game, like it did last game. They, these are the kind of games that you need that. But I would say this, Ken, AJF was part of this team last year, as was Morgan Bear. Now, maybe he got a little bit better. We can all say that Dominic Toninato been around since the bubble year. Uh, the, the no fans in the stands since the Canadian division year. I have to say this, this is not a takedown of of the Jets' depth and the players in there, but there's not a ton right now if you look at their lineup that has changed. Like right now, if we're taking a look at this lineup, you're basically, once again, compared to what we saw at the end of the year, you're taking out Wheeler, you're taking out Pierre-Luc Dubois, you're adding in Iofalo, you're adding in Gabe Velarde. To me, this isn't like what we're seeing in Vancouver where they went, and you want to know why things are different in Vancouver? Well, they took four of their defensemen out and they plugged four new defensemen in. This isn't an entire overhaul. This isn't ripping the engine out of your vehicle and popping a new engine in. This is basically trade for trade. And yes, I'm not saying for a second that Pierre-Luc Dubois, the way he's playing right now, is where those other players are. But Pierre-Luc Dubois last year for the first part of the season was a point-per-game player. So you have to take into account what he was doing in a Jets jersey. But I guess I just say this I don't know that the depth or we think the same way about the Winnipeg Jets depth if it wasn't for a coaching staff that knows how to get absolutely everything out of his team and get them into the system and create a system by which players like Dominic Toninato can carry as much of the weight in a win as a player like Mark Shifley does. Once again, I I know I've been preaching the bone system as being the secret sauce of this team for a long time. It was when they were successful last year. It is again this year. But I do say this, either the Jets had depth this whole time and we weren't talking about it and we weren't pointing out and saying the Jets have depth that's just not being used properly or the Winnipeg Jets coaching staff is doing a phenomenal job of taking a lot of borderline NHLers, AJF, Dominic Toninato. That's what they were when they came here. That's what they were before they were here and are turning those players into dominant at times over the last couple of games, NHLers based on their system. Ken. Well, a lot of it would be opportunity, Sean, right? I mean, when we, in the Paul Maurice era,
1: he didn't play his fourth line many nights, more than five, six, seven minutes, right? I mean, these guys are all getting double digits in minutes right now. And, you know, in a goal to get better. I mean, last year, Al- Al- Axel Jansen Fialbi had six goals and 14 points. Dominic Toninato had seven goals. You know, we forget, but I mean, Dominic Toninato had seven goals as a fourth liner in 2021, 20, 22, also in 77 games. So, it's not that they didn't produce before, but they didn't produce a ton. And the Jets are always trying to upgrade those positions. And like we just said, those are 14th and 15th forwards on the team. Hold on though.
0: But but, uh, that works for the guys who are on the roster, but AJF had a kick when he was in Washington and it was, Thought by them to not be at an NHL level. Dominic Toninato came here to the Winnipeg Jets, a guy that was spit out the bottom of the Colorado Avalanche organization. So I do agree with you, and of course, of course, we've we've got a scenario by which Rick operates his team much differently. And that's a part of it. But these like Dominic Toninato, how old is he at this stage, Ken? Is he th- 31, 32? Or am I, do 29 I have years old? 29? 29. 29. Okay, 29 years old. There's a lot of time to have established yourself as an NHL player. Rick Bonus, his system, the coaching staff, whatever the Winnipeg Jets players is bringing it up, whatever it is, is taking Dominic Toninato and putting him in a place where he really hasn't been in his career before this. I would argue the same thing as AJF who came in and underneath this system because it's a system about pressure. They found a guy who knows how to pressure. Uh, I, I I I know exactly what you're saying and I buy into the whole thing. I always, we talked about it on this show endlessly, Paul Maurice and how he really wasn't giving an equal share of the pie to a lot of players. Yes, that has a huge part to do with it, but under. We are finding the very best versions of these players, and when I say very best versions of these players, versions of these players that probably the league didn't think was possible or could exist, and that's what Rick Bonus and his system and the coaching staff is getting out of these players, for sure. But I mean, I'm just saying, like Dominic Toninato is a great example
1: of how you act if you're in a situation where you're a fringe NHLer. Instead of going down to sulk about it, he had 19 goals and 35 points last year. You know, previously, when you're not playing a lot, you don't feel really good about your offensive game, and you're playing six minutes, you're not confident making plays. But, you know, he goes down, dominates, and does a great job. And now when he's there, he looks like he belongs, and he's playing like he belongs, and he's playing with confidence. He's got a guy that believes in him. A, a week ago, Sean, or two weeks ago, Dominique Toninato was sitting in the press box every night. And all of a sudden, now he's on the ice in the last 30 seconds. You can't do that unless you instill some confidence in the coaching staff, and that's the difference between guys who are sometimes career AHLers and guys who work their way up the ladder at the NHL level. I love the way that those guys are playing, and you're right, the system benefits guys like that can skate. Dominic Tonian Otto, great skater. Axel Janssen Fial, or sorry, good skater. Axel Janssen Fialbi, above average to excellent skater. Uh, So those guys are getting the job done within the, you know, within the confines of the system, but they know what their role is. They know what is expected of them every night and they don't do anything beyond, they know what their, you know, they know what their strengths are, but they also know what their limitations are. And Sean, in a lot of ways, that is a big problem for guys who become fourth liners that aren't fourth liners before they become pro hockey players. And especially when they don't get to the NHL level. So of course the system has something to do with that, but, I mean, I do think that, you know, I give credit, you know, as a guy who covered the American League for a decade, I love the way that Dominic Tony. it's also in his personality. Not everyone has it in their personality to not feel sorry for their lot in life. One year you're in NHL or playing 77 games, the next year you're out of the league, basically. That doesn't happen a whole lot to players, and when it does, most players don't respond overly well, so... I'm impressed by the way they've handled that. I mean, Morgan Barron. I also am impressed by what Morgan Barron has done, Sean. Because oh, yeah. when you think you've if you, you think you've established yourself as a third liner, and now you start the year on the fourth line, and your only third line shifts come after power plays, well, of course it's going to be more challenging to you know, to continue to get better and you know expand your role. Instead, Morgan Barron tries to take advantage of everything he gets. He is an important penalty killer and he's already got six goals, easily tracking for double digits and goals, which is the next step on the road to 15 goals for a guy like Morgan Barron, who's in that body, can skate and can maybe grow into a bit of a power forward. So uh, I love all of that stuff about the you know the Jets players and that internal competition is important. They haven't really had it on the fringes of the roster as much in the last couple of years, but it's a testament to the depth in the organization and you know now how are those other guys going to respond how's Kapari going to respond David Guston's having a great year and you know a lot of people going wild you know oh you can't put Guston back in well don't forget what he did during his time on those lines but it means you need to be sharp or there's someone that can replace you I mean that that's something that always uh is a consideration for coaches and Uh, You know, it's very much a, what have you done for me lately type of sport. And right now what those guys are doing for them is, is doing the right things and earning the trust of their coaching staff. And, you know, and then you play more now on the flip side of that, Sean, and again, I'm not, I'm trying to be negative here, but on the flip side of that today, Cole Perfetti only played nine minutes and 52 seconds. Now, part of that was because he missed time in the first period, getting stitched up after that absolutely ridiculous play by... Accidentally on purpose by Ryan Hartman, um, where he basically slashes him right in the face and wasn't going for the puck. I don't care what he yep. says. Um, but so it, 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 there's always some give and take here because it's hard for some of those skilled players to see the big picture when it's happening. But when a team goes 10 1 and 2, then you don't, you, you feel good because the team is winning. But I mean, that's, that, that's the balance that is tough for a coaching staff, Sean. They know they're doing the right thing but you need to convince your highly skilled players that you're trying to conserve for them to play in March, April, May, and June. Cause some nights when you're playing, you know, 12 or 13 minutes, it feels like you'd like to get out there more and, and you can't play the fourth line more without reducing the minutes of t- some of the top guys.
0: No doubt. Um, hey, Roy, uh,
1: yes, Roy Mack, good catch. Yes. There was another, you know, Cole was also injured when he yeah. made. So that's my honorable mention for got you covered. That was an exceptional back check by yeah. Cole Perfetti. That's a backdoor tapping for Connor Dewar uh, if he doesn't make that play.
0: Um, I don't know. I want to uh, chat about this quickly and get to a, a comment that was made by Kim Sacha because I think she absolutely nails this here. But uh, I don't know how many people out there watch the show. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's my favorite show. <laughs> um, it is hilarious. If you like comedies, it's good. And it's a Gen X comedy like it's it's directed at people from Gen X which is like a kind of a forgotten generation right the boomers had all their stuff and then it went straight down uh to the generation below us so it's it's I find it hilarious there's a character on there by the name of Dennis Reynolds uh funny as it is um and he took a couple when he was at Penn State before he dropped out of school he took a couple psychology courses and fashions himself uh you know an amateur psychologist so I'm going to do a little bit of the amateur psychology thing because Rennie too was once (laughs) going to be a psychologist. And then he dropped out of that program in school, but took a couple. And I can tell you this one thing I took away from those programs is positive reinforcement works better at getting players somewhere than punishment, right? Positive reinforcement is more ice time versus getting punished. You didn't do this. Now you get taken out of the lineup. Now this happens. I think what's happening with this team, and it's absolutely what uh, Kim Sawchuk nails here, is Kim Sawchuk says, and this coaching staff rewards committed play. Love it. This to me, is the heart of exactly what works with this coaching staff and works with these players because you can see time and time again, the players who buy in and that's from the first line right down to the fourth line. If they do things and if they do it right, they get more opportunity. It's not a situation by where, and we talked about this all the time in the Paul Maurice era, where guys would pop up and they'd do great and they'd have a great stretch and it would be, thanks for your service, now take off and go and do this or whatever. This is a scenario by which the, the Winnipeg Jets coaches are rewarding players for coming in and doing the right thing. So when Dominic Toninato comes in And he does the right things. He knows he's going to get an opportunity to be on the ice and maybe score a game winner. And he also knows he's going to be given a slice of the pie to try and shut that game down when it's said and done. You know who else sees that too, Ken, is the top line that you're talking about. So this is a scenario by which they see certain behaviors are rewarded. And instead of being this situation where I think that, Ken, you nailed it. The problem, I think, at the heart of the Winnipeg Jets for a number of years is the top line and the most skilled players on this team would look and be like, yeah, but what's in it for me to back check like crazy? I want to be on the other side and I want to win games and I want to snake charm and I want to go down 3-1 without even trying and then go and score, you know, because we're up ice and we're given way more ice time than everybody else and score our way back into a game and it'll look great and it's so much fun, right? Now, if you're Mark Scheifele, you've seen this. Kyle Connor saw saw it. Nick Ehlers had some great Back checks tonight that just absolutely killed plays before they even started. And why? Because everyone on this team looks and knows what is rewarded. Effort is rewarded. Details are rewarded. Hard work is rewarded. Buying into the system is rewarded. And you know what? It's like they, they say about coaches and teams that go on heaters like the Jets are and win cups and stuff like that, that the game is easy for them. Right, The game is easy because it's so structured and everyone knows what their job is. The Winnipeg Jets, all their jobs are the same, Ken, from the first line to the fourth line. First line is supposed to look like the fourth line is supposed to look like the third line is supposed to look like the second line. Everybody's job is exactly the same. And that makes it simple. Hockey is simple for the Winnipeg Jets right now. It is hard to play against them for a team like the Minnesota wild. Give it to the coaching staff. They have this team firing on all cylinders and showing the entire league what they are capable of. Ken, you wanted to get to uh, Lauren and talk about him. But first I'd like you to give a shout out to sweet Lou.
1: Yeah, you bet, folks. For uh, for the folks who have real estate needs in 2024, uh, contact our main man, Lou Furlan, at Royal LePage Dynamic Realty, 204 791 9971, or at the office, 204 989 5000. His email is lou at loufurlan.ca. Lou at ca. Lou Furlan, excellent realtor, excellent human
0: being, and excellent supporter of this community including our podcast he's the man happy new year to uh sweet sweet lou what a guy uh also i wanted to throw this out there um about the, the way that like there's a payoff for the Winnipeg Jets if they follow the system, if they put in those efforts. The the carrot has been dangled, Ken, and every single player on that Winnipeg Jets team is chasing that carrot. That's really paid off for the coaching staff. And if you're looking to pay off high interest credit cards or debt, we suggest you go talk to our friends at Cambrian Credit Union about their payoff loan. They can show you how taking out a loan to pay off your debt actually gets you debt-free faster, and you can save thousands of dollars. So go to cambrian.mb.ca to book an appointment online. Lauren Brassois, Ken, the floor is yours. Yeah, I just, I mean, we talk so often about Rick
1: Bonus wants all of his lines to look the same. And we know that Lauren Brassois does not tend to the goal the way that Connor Hellebuck does necessarily. Uh, They have different strengths in terms of how their foundation of their game is made. But uh, sort of to your earlier point, I mean, I'm not willing to go quite as far as you are so far about Hellebuck. But, uh, you know, suddenly Lauren Brassois, you look up and he's sitting at a 9 914 or sorry 914 save percentage no sorry 912 244 goals against average. So what we know is the Jets have been incredibly consistent here. 25 consecutive games of three or fewer and as I mentioned the other day, only 7 of those 25 were actually three goals against. The Jets goals against during in the month of December or during that span is just barely over 2. Like that's absolutely absurd. Yeah. Uh so to me the goal the goalie's take a little bit bigger piece of the pie, but uh, it is built on this structure. I think there's some areas the Jets still give up a few too many chances, but they are definitely getting better uh, on those fronts. And, you know, when you have excellent goaltending, then you don't have a question mark. I mean, no one, I don't think anyone thought twice about Lauren Brassois starting in this game in the back-to-back. And I mean, some people might have wondered, oh, what about maybe, you know, it wasn't a busy day for Hellebuck yesterday. Yes, there were some more shots in the third, but... You know, what about going back-to-back? It's only a 45, 50-minute flight to Minnesota. Maybe they go twice in a row to try to put them away. Rick Bonus and Wade Flaherty said, you know what? Good job, Connor. But Lauren Brassois is playing well right now. He can go on Sunday, and you play against Tampa on Tuesday night. And then, yes, there's another back-to-back coming, so... Bressois will be in the pipes against anaheim right so uh that's such an important development here and it's very important for lauren brisois also uh because he went from like the highest of the highs he's tending the net for a team that ends up winning the stanley cup but and although he feels a big part of it as he should he didn't get to be the guy throwing his gloves in the air when the buzzer sounded so he knows he's the backup it's a clear-cut situation we've talked sean Everyone around the league is talking about teams needing goaltending. But I know someone had asked earlier, no, the Jets are not going to sell high on Lauren Bressois because they need him to keep Hellebuck fresh, but they also need him as an important insurance policy. So uh, I, I continue to say this, and we've talked about it before. Bressois needs to continue to play well, and if he does play well... He will get that opportunity to be in more of a one A one B job share situation next year when he is an unrestricted free agent. But right now, it's just a harmonious situation. The goalies are playing great, and you know they're doing their job. They're making the saves they should make, and then they're making some other saves. And uh, the fact that the Jets just simply aren't giving up many soft goals uh, is a huge testament to how their you know their improved commitment level, as you talked about. But when the goaltenders are playing at that level, there's no worries. And even, too, look at today. Today's scenario, Hartman blows a wrister by Brassois. Might have hit the stick. I'm not 100% certain. But that goal gets taken off the board because the video coaches, James Cochran and Matt Prefontaine, are buzzing down. They noticed that Nick Patan was in ever so slightly before Hartman on the zone entry. So guess what? That gives Brassois an opportunity to reset it probably wasn't a goal that he liked very much, but guess what? It didn't go up on the board, and it also didn't bother him when they got a late goal uh, you know, before the period was over because it was a perfect redirection. There was nothing that Brassois could do. He looked the same throughout the course of the game, and he knows that he's getting into a little bit more of a regular rhythm and routine, and not surprisingly, results for him have followed
0: um hey i just was gonna touch on this just quickly uh because i know that uh, people are giving uh russo a real hard time um I, I don't see why everyone's so pissed at russo i mean like this is this is the fun part of sports he's covering it i don't think that he said i mean this is when i went on that rant yesterday and why i think it's important to be upfront and not like a, a, a homer and pushing this and pushing that i i don't think that there's a doubt that that Brennan Dillon cross-checks him in the floating ribs. I think that that's the issue there. I don't think there was intent to injure, but I'm just trying to get all that out there. These are the facts. I don't think Russo went too far beyond stating the facts other than, and, and I'm sorry, I was just looking for the tweet. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm missing something, but I read the tweet and I'm looking at it. And he's basically just saying this is a second straight game that uh, um, Kaprizov rolls into Winnipeg and leaves injured. Uh, Mike Russo is a great, great well one great, reporter, he's a great, great friend great person, of ours yeah. uh, phenomenal hockey writer um I get it and you know what I've got no problem with fans going after him and doing whatever because I think this is this to me is the best rivalry that the Winnipeg Jets have right for uh, sure it, no doubt um, and it's a regional rivalry and these teams don't like each other and it's a central division rivalry and there is playoff history there uh, so I don't mind people going at Russo but like the, there's a lot of people who are like going and kind of like you know calling him a clown and saying all this kind of stuff and that's ridiculous get Mike your facts right yeah exactly. Mike Russo this is a hard-working is a person
1: yep he was a colleague of mine at the athletic and he has been covering hockey for several decades he knows plenty about the sport and you don't have to like him, but you should respect the work that he does.
0: Well, and just to be on that, go, going to that, I guess what I'm saying is if people are coming into Kenny and no I'm cheap shot attacks. sitting there and taking cheap shots and stuff like that. Th- this is the one thing I think uh, it should happen time again. Like you should assume when you're talking about sports writers from here to Miami, to Arizona, that Ken and I are friends with them because we are friends with a good chunk of them. Uh, and, and so when you're calling out people, I don't, I don't know, like we, we don't, I don't. I wouldn't come into your house and start t- talking smack or saying like over the top things about a friend of yours. So that's just uh, keep that in mind when you're it's coming. We know these here. people. We know these people, and they are people that, uh, in the case of uh, Mike Russo, a guy that we massively admire, admire and respect. Uh, Ken, are you uh, ending the year calling for the breakup of the Jets' third line?
1: <laughs> well, uh, you know, I don't think that's necessarily at the top of my list. No, uh, but. I am calling. I am calling for a bit of a wake up, uh, pristine wake up. Uh, since you had the hat out to the top unit uh, right now, they they're Ooh, they're discombobulated right now. Uh, it's not a personal attack. I know these guys are talented. I, I just think that right now uh, there's something off with the mix, and I think the sooner that the Jets can get that sorted out. Uh, the sooner they'll be able to move on. I mean, they're in a tough, tough stretch uh, right now. I think it was, what, before the goal by Nemesnikov, it was three for 32, I want to say. And so now it'll be four for 33. And Sean, all four of those goals have been scored by the second unit. All four. It's almost, it is shocking, quite frankly, that that group of talented individuals has not been able to find a way to score on the power play uh, during that stretch of time and you know again I think it's just a matter they get one they might get a bunch and Sean that that unit had an unbelievable look and what we've talked about how Mark Scheifele used to be used in that high slot scenario man that shot for Gabriel Velarde uh, was really that's the kind of look they'll be looking to get more often and I think that's something where with better puck movement they'll be able to find that but uh, I think that they need to to get that going, obviously, and just feeling more confident and again, it's it's easy to say that and much harder to do. Uh, but right now that that top unit's gotta get moving because the top you know the second unit's getting its job done.
0: Now I am still at the situation just before we go to the pristine roofing wake up call that you did here. I'm still in the situation where I think Christmas break uh slows things down. For I sure. know that sounds like it's a little bit nitpicky, but the Jets supply or excuse me, that top line supplies a different kind of offense than no, no, sorry, power play. Yep. Power, the play. power play as well. This is all different kind of offenses and I you know, I have talked to too many uh my my good buddy Dwight Hurst who was the AAA coach out at Eastman, his son uh drafted by the moose jaw warriors we had a great christmas uh visit with them and i was talking with benson his son benson hurst great young hockey player and he was telling me about how that little bit of a break at christmas time affects him and his hands and all those kind of things i don't think i ever played enough to the point he's one of these guys who's playing every single day every single day i don't think i played enough to be like okay i took two days off after spending 14 straight days on the ice i can feel the difference right High level hockey players who do it all the time, all the time, all the time are highly, highly attuned uh, and that the higher skill level you are, the more kind of laser focused that is. And so in the case of that line, I, I still think, you know, I'm giving them some time before I get to where you're at. I'm not sure. No, I'd no, no. I'm not Christian worried about the grouping. line. No, no. The top yeah. power
1: play unit, not the top line. Oh, top yeah. I'm sure, fine. For Sure.
0: Alright, well then let's just get to that and say you got it, Ken. You absolutely nailed that one, Ken. Uh, and that means that's the uh, pristine wake-up call of the game, and you know what that means as well. Uh, it's time to give the North End Rick wake-up call. Give him the pristine roofing and siding wake-up call. He's the guy you want down at your house in case you are looking for any kind of roofing needs, siding needs, exterior needs. He's the guy who can come tell you exactly what you need and exactly what pristine roofing can do for you. You could also give a heads up to pristine roofing themselves at one two four two two, three, seven, seven, six, six, three, but. We were giving it out last show. Let's do it again. One more giveaway from Pristine Roofing before the end of the calendar, or sorry, before the calendar turns. Uh, This is for the Home Renovation Show. You know what to do. Text Rick, 1204-981-6289. And I think the first person who texts him, wake up, uh, is going to get themselves uh, tickets to the Home Renovation Show, generously supplied by our friends at Pristine Roofing. So let's leave that up for just a second here. I do, though, want to go in a different direction and I believe this person here Spency uh, is the name of this person who I who have seen coming to the show. Uh, I'm just going to take this banner down now. Spency uh, I believe came to the first show and Spency has said I want sweet Lou Ferland to smash Hartman <laughs> with the steel folding chair. I got something quick to say about Ryan Hartman. Again, I agree that was a cheap shot that he had there. Uh, everything that I've said about the Winnipeg Jets and how they've handled themselves with class in this situation when I said the thing about Brendan Dillon and I understand how Minnesota Wild fans could be upset with him and that they could be upset with the Jets for taking uh, him out of two straight games. I think there's reason for them to be upset. I still don't think Brendan Dillon did anything wrong in that situation. It's just the way it turned out. Both can exist at the same time. They can be mad for something Brendan Dillon did and Brendan Dillon could have done nothing wrong in that situation. This is the way it goes. The Winnipeg Jets answered the bell in that game. Brendan Dillon did it. And then the Jets came out and gave the Minnesota Wild in their own building an opportunity to kind of bowl them over at the beginning of the game by taking Pat Maroon, who as big as Adam Lowry is, is a bigger guy, walked over, and Adam Lowry took that on. The Jets, at every stage of this, have handled it. Like, Ken, you know who they are? They're those... Guys in the early 1900s with the mustaches that curled up like this, that walked around fighting and boxing, people like that. They are classy, pugilistic gentlemen when they need to. They handle it with class at every time. And they've gone to the Minnesota Wild and said, hey, we don't think we did anything wrong. But if you don't like that, we're right here if you want to talk about it. Ryan Hartman has not done the same thing. Ryan Hartman is going around taking liberties and he is not stepping up to the plate and the Jets, to their credit, are going and saying we'd rather win this game. Like Nino Niederreiter behind the net against Zach Bogosian down the ice, has every reason to get upset and turn around and pop Zach Bogosian in the face, and he doesn't do it. Why? Because winning that game is more important to Nino Niederreiter than taking a shot at Zach Bogosian in that case. Same thing with the Winnipeg Jets as a whole. Winning the game, staying on the absolute heater that they are on is more important to them than going and exacting revenge uh, against Ryan Hartman, uh, but Boy, oh boy, I'll say this. Uh, if, if, if we are talking, and I'm going to say this objectively, if we are talking one team conducting some, themselves with class versus the other team conducting themselves with class or one team having the right to be more angry with the other team, uh, the Winnipeg Jets and uh, how they've handled the Ryan Hartman situ- situation have left a lot on the table as far as going and exacting revenge for something that probably deserves revenge. Yeah, and just a quick one here. Flying Dukes asks,
1: I don't understand why there was a stage fight. Dylan answered for it in Game 1. Well, I mean, that's fine and dandy to say, and it's a fair point, but here's the answer from the guy... Sorry... (coughs) excuse me, missed the mute button. Sorry about that. Here's what Adam Lowry had to say. He just asked if I wanted to go. They started that line. They play physical and are heavy on the forecheck. We knew they would come out and probably be looking for a response after Kaprizov gets hurt. Just settle things down. Try to get it out of the way rather than wait a little bit. He asked me politely, let me take the face off. And it was one of the ones that I won. So there's Adam with the joking humor again. So got that out of the way and we were able to play some hockey. So you and I talked about this at the first intermission. Now, listening to Adam's uh, explanation, I understand, you know, I already knew why he did it. But to me, the only thing that I would be concerned about in that scenario, Sean, is that it's not a fair trade for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I love, no. the, you know, Pat Maroon is a winner, uh, you know, fun guy. I, I We both interviewed him after the biggest moment of his entire life uh, when he scored the double overtime winner in game seven to help his team reach. Um, yeah, yeah reached the conference final,
0: right? Actually, I I forgot about that. Maybe the biggest interview I've done in my life was a St. Louis boy scoring a game seven double overtime winner in the second round in St. Louis with the place going crazy. I loved the first question I asked him. He'd said... I didn't hear a word you just said, but I think you were probably asking this. And then he launched into a great answer. And I remember Frege, uh, afterwards tweeted, stop what you're doing right now and go watch the Sean Reynolds, uh, interview with big rig, Pat Maroon. It was great. Another guy, Ken, while we were covering that series down the stretch, uh, texted me, gave me his number and said, if you need to get into a restaurant somewhere, just text this and I'll get you in there. Great guy. Uh, I, I like the way that he handled the situation. I agree with you 100%, Adam. But this is the thing. I think Rick Bonus is okay with it. And I For think sure this shows so much swagger by the Winnipeg Jets that they know that this is a situation that the other team is going to win just by engaging in it. And they didn't need to. He could have said, no, I'm not going to do it. Instead, Adam Lowry is taking a look around and he's looking because Adam Lowry is the kind of guy who shields everyone around him. Oh yeah, And he's thinking... If I fight this guy right now, I can calm this game down. And he I did. can bring the temperature down, and that means guys like Mark Shifley aren't going to take a knee, or Nick Ehlers isn't going to take an elbow, or so on and so forth, even though Ryan Hartman slashes Cole Perfetti in the face in this situation. Adam Lowry does that not because it puts the Jets in a good situation. It puts them in a worse situation, but he's out there looking out for his teammates. The Jets, once again, never fail, it seems to me, under the leadership of Adam Lowry to do the, the right thing, the thing that is best for themselves and their teammates. And I think that's another example of it. Agreed. And that's why I, said, I didn't say he shouldn't have done it. I just said, yeah. I don't, I don't yep. love the trade-off.
1: And I also, oh. you know, I also think that it was, it, there was a factor. The Jets were looking for that third line to set the tone by starting to dominate play and, you know, it, you know, get offensive zone time and all those things. And yes, that line, a couple you know, later on, uh, Lowry gets the goal, but I just felt like, the Jets didn't quite get into the rhythm because they weren't following all of those positive shifts by that third line because Lowry was in the box for that stretch of time. And uh, I also think that the the Wild did sort of try to physically impose their will against Shifley uh, in that first period. There were a couple of weird plays and then Middleton flat out tackled him uh, in front of the net on the one play. But uh, anyways, I, I love the fact that, like you said, that's leadership from Lowry and he needs to do that because of all the things that he brings to the table. Uh, Just the one thing, you know, again, you can't be getting into a fight with a third or fourth liner all the time because Adam Lowry is just too valuable given his 5-on-5 role and that he's one of the most important penalty killers on this team. But in that situation, he did exactly what was required. He settled the game down before it could get out of hand. So uh, again, that's a stick
0: tap to him on that front. No doubt. Uh, And you know where else Adam Lowry this year is like, never mind what he's done to this team. Have you seen the, I I don't know if there's any fashion rankings. Maybe we should do that one time on this show. Uh, Lauren Bressois is usually a guy tough to contend with. Josh Morrissey is another guy who uh, is on point. Uh, But boy, oh boy, Adam Lowry is popping his elbowing his way into the conversation. He's always the loved the hats the haberdashery. Jeff. He's loved he's it. He loved the hat for a long time. But Ken, I used to think that he was really hat focused and he was like, I'm wearing a hat. That's, <laughs> that's the pet, that's the pop. And now he seems to have figured everything else out as well. He's got like from, from the shirts to the tie to I, I he used to be a guy who wore a suit and then threw a hat on. Right. <laughs> and, and now he's a guy who has a hat and the suit work in this symbiotic relationship. He's rocking it. He looks good enough to be a Vittorio Rossi man. In Indeed. fact, I'm not going to show pictures of him because as good as Sweet Lou... Or sorry, he's not Sweet Lou. As good as Frankie and the boys make us look, we just, you know... We don't There's have sweet Lou shops structure. there too. Don't don't yeah, forget. You bet. Don't forget. But we, we, we don't have the bone structure of Adam Lowry. Uh, so we couldn't, couldn't make that happen, but I can tell you Frankie and the boys bring out the very best version of Kenny and Rennie and they do it every single time we pop up on one of those suits. If you think you'd like them to do the same head on down uh, to Vittorio Rossi on Corden Avenue walk in, loudly proclaim that Kenny and Rennie sent you Ask for Frankie and the boys, and they will make the very best version of you out there. I absolutely promise. Uh, Ken, your uh, keg save of the game, what do you got?
1: Yeah, you know, just to me, it's more, I think there was more of a cumulative effort by Brassois here. Just a steady, Agreed. steady game all around. I don't know that there was, there was no signature save like Flurry on Niederreiter yesterday yesterday. Uh, I I just thought that he was rock solid throughout, and I'm just kind of giving him a, uh, you know, wide scope, uh, wide canvas there. I just thought he was really solid. Uh, You know, was there one that maybe stood out? There wasn't a ton. Uh, You know, he did make a couple of power play saves that I thought, but uh, I thought he was just very solid in the net throughout the contest, and I'm just giving him the overall sphere uh, of of a keg save of the game uh, for his rock solid effort between the pipes.
0: Awesome. I think you nailed it. I'm not gonna add to that. Uh, but you should, everybody out there, hashtag us the keg and save of the game because if you do, you're automatically entered to win a fifty dollar gift certificate. Usable at any of the three fine locations in Winnipeg, each keg location finer than the last here. And the winner of the final fifty dollar gift certificate for the keg save of the game in 2023, that would be Greg Liverpool, who said he was going to be bringing it to you on January 22nd at the January for Fannuaries. I think I think Greg Liverpool scared Ken all the way to Boston because that's where he's going to be for that show. It's just going to be me in there. Uh, but hey, Greg, go get yourself a steak, get some protein, bulk up, because at some point you and Kenny are going to get in the same room. Absolutely love it. Uh, Ken, let's sw- switch gears and head over to the... Uh, TCB lamplighter of the game. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be
1: the Toninato game winner just for all the things that we talked about right out of the gate on the show. Like this was just an absolute battle of will for Dominic Toninato. Uh, and let's not kid ourselves, there aren't a ton of extra attacker shifts on a delayed penalty where the fourth line is out there, let alone finding a way to, you know, get to two rebounds and scooping it over Mark andre Fleury in what was his 1,000th NHL game. Uh, you know, the Jets did a good job of getting that shot through, D-to-D play to make it happen. Uh, I'm guessing the Wild thought they would get to the rebound first and the whistle would be blown, yet there was Dominic Toninato battling to find the puck and he was not going to be denied uh, for a guy who is a point of game player through these three games, yes, small sample size and everything else, uh, that goal was important for the Jets themselves. It was important for Tony Nato because it also got him on the ice in the last 30 seconds where he won the you know, I think we, we know how much Rick bonus values draws, Sean. Tony Nato's six and two today in the circle. So I mean and that's why he's getting more ice time late in the game, right? So there's just another great example. Yeah, I- 6 and I'm 2 for 75%
0: I'm, gonna, I'm going to hand it to Vladimir Mesnikov. Uh, well, I mean, that was important to yep. uh, you. Absolutely bet. gorgeous. You um, gets them back in that game. It's a power play goal. Uh, it seems to me, and I know that after they scored a power play goal a little while ago, that second unit, they were given a couple opportunities to get out there first. Uh, this is one of those areas, if I'm talking about dangling the carrot, I know that's one thing to try and get uh, the first unit going. Uh, it's another thing, too, to kind of follow and give the guys who are doing the heavy lifting an opportunity to go in that direction. And maybe if the second unit starts being given more opportunity, maybe that is the carrot dangling that the first unit needs to kind of buy into the idea of getting the puck to the net more often and trying to create more shots and more chaos than there there are. That's my uh, Lamplighter of the game. You should all share with us your Lamplighter of the game because if you do, you're automatically entered to win a frosty, delicious eight pack of Lamplighter Amber Ale brought to you by our friends at Transcanner Brewing Company. If you can't wait for Kenny and Rennie to gift you your very own Eight pack, uh you can head on down to Transcanter Brewing Company and join them in their tap room where we are going to be having our January 22nd, January for Fanuaries. It is going to be absolutely great at 112.90 Keniston, where you can go and find all the different kind of beers that they have. Here's the event. I'm going to pop it oh up on okay. the screen here. There it is, KR. Uh, that is the link if you want to go do that. We would love to see you there. Like I said, 2023. 2022. The K&R community has never let us down when it comes to these live events. Don't start doing it in 2024. Let's kick it off with a bang. Yes, I know you're probably partying tonight and you're still eating and you're still drinking and you need a (laughs) break. Take your break after today and then get geared up because three weeks from now, just a little bit over that. We're going to be doing it all over again at the K&R live event at TCB and we'd love to see each and every one of you there. That brings us to our Lamplighter winner from the last game and it is Someone who is at the last KR party, uh, the December to December, and that would be Jet Oil Tom, great guy who's been to a number of those events. Love to yes, see uh, the guy the guys and the gals who are making it out to our events uh, getting rewarded in the show here. And that's what's happening right now, Jet Oil Tom. So you, Jet Oil Tom and Greg Liverpool, you know what to do. You need to direct message me at SN Sean Reynolds and everybody out there. I know that my D- I figured it out. My DMs are entirely open. You just need to direct message to me at sn sean reynolds i will get the message you send me your name and you send me your email address and i will send you jet O L tom a voucher for a frosty delicious a pack of lamplight or amber ale brought to you by our friends at trans canada brewing company ken we're at an hour we should get going but hey do you have any new year's resolutions you want to <laughs> you want to do here before we go
1: no other than uh, we're back to our uh pandemic time and time we got to cut a little bit of weight in the new year maybe I think I'm not going to speak oh, God, for you yeah. but I'm certainly oh, yeah. going to try not to be uh, getting a few more uh, days of the 10,000 steps and a few more walks and skates in but uh, otherwise no just uh, feeling a lot of gratitude we know it's been an absolutely awesome year for the program for you and I personally professionally all of those things we love what we've been building here and uh, we're just really proud about the community that we've been building and people continue to uh, support us uh, in just an excellent manner from the sponsorships to the people that we've been getting to know in our K&R community to our pop-ins at, uh, you know, all of our places. And yeah, just awesome. I feel very uh, thankful. <laughs> Drink more water. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just thankful for what we're we're doing on a you know regular basis here. It's been a lot of fun. And yeah, we appreciate the support. And uh, thanks for your support too, my man. Yeah, Been a lot of oh. fun. This is just awesome. We've got a great partnership and love, love what we're doing, and just pumped for what's
0: on the horizon here for both the well, show and,
1: and for everything else.
0: Ken, uh, I've got a few New Year's resolutions. Uh, one is no more falling off roofs. That's a big one. That's a big <laughs> a important big one. one. Yes. Uh no more, do that. no more getting teeth knocked out. Uh, that wasn't a fun experience no. in 2023. 2023 has brought some challenges to Rennie's doorstep, <laughs> but he's he's like Climb you're persevering. His way, yeah, you're persevering. my way over the finish line of 2023, ready to stand up and dust myself off. But you hey. mentioned it. Well, Rick exactly.
1: Bonus mentioned your least favorite quote today. Jets What's staying that?
0: in the fight. Sean Reynolds just staying in the fight in 2024. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I need to do more than stay in the fight. I need, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm not just going to stay in the fight. Like you said, you talked about her. We need to get to pre-pandemic weight. I've let that get away. So another one, I was going to be doing this anyways. But Rennie, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm feeling, Ken, like you and Rennie are going to have a real national edition come springtime because I'm telling you this right now, the places that I see the Winnipeg Jets going the way that they are playing right now, last year, one of the great highlights for me in 2023, despite the the fact that Jets didn't do well, it was the first time I got to host yeah, a series, a national series. Involving the Winnipeg Jets last year, I absolutely loved doing it. I thought we taught some great, told some great stories and had some great broadcasts. I'm going to be ready if my name is called to be doing that again yes, and doing sir. a long playoff run the way the Winnipeg Jets are looking right now. I better look good in those Vittorio Rossi suits doing it. So one of those things is going to be getting to a place where those were Vittorio where I've got the body to pull off some of the Vittorio Rossi suits that have been made for me in the past because I can tell you right now, Ken, the button on there, is like if you watch the first spider-man movie and he's trying to stop the subway train and he's on the front of it that's what my button on the front of my coat is looking like right now these days trying to hold together so lou or sorry uh we frankie can do it the boys, buddy, we can do it frankie and the boys i owe it to you to do that so it's time to start grinding as of tomorrow we'll get at it Another one final uh, uh, New Year's Eve. uh, What I'm going to try and do is I'm going to just try and keep bringing it for our audience and for our sponsors because they are so absolutely good to us. And Kenny... You're a guy who keeps me honest because your level is up here every single night. I got to try and keep and keep up with you, my friend. You've been doing it, uh, and you look good doing it. So, thank you to you, Ken. Thank you to the uh, thank you to the audience. And one last time in 2023, if you appreciate the conversations happening in these spaces, please, please appreciate our sponsors who fight to keep the conversation going in this space for us. That's Vittorio Rossi, Cambridge Credit Union, Pristine Roofing, Sweet Lou Ferlin, the Johnson Group, the Keg, and of of course, Canada Brewing Company. Thank you to them. Thank you to all of you. We will see the rest of you in 2024. Thanks for everything, people.